1: Hey everybody, thank you for checking out the Performance Anxiety Podcast on the Pantheon Podcast Network. My name is Mark and I'm your host. And we go international this episode with Tone of Voice Orchestra's Trinalee Severing. Her family enjoyed music when she was growing up, but it wasn't a career choice. She didn't even think about it after recording two jazz albums while in school studying architecture. But somehow, she wound up marrying a musician. And once she finally made the decision to focus on music... She decided she needed to find her own voice, and it wasn't going to be in jazz. So she completely changed her musical style, but lost a portion of her audience when she did it. It was also at this point that she decided to write exclusively in her native Danish. Speaking of Danish, I do a pretty good job of butchering the language in this episode, including getting several definitions wrong. That leads us to Trina Leafs' latest project, Tone of Voice Orchestra. She tells us the difference between her husband's fantasy of what the band would be and the reality of what it is. Somehow, they managed to get all 10 members together to record this album during the pandemic. And they'll be releasing even more music later on this year. Follow Trina Lisa and the group at Tone of Voice Orchestra on Instagram and Facebook. You can also check out Varing.com, V-A-E-R-I-N-G, for links to buy the album. Rate and review this podcast. Follow us at Performance ANX on the socials, and support is accepted via kofi.com at ko-fi.com slash performanceanxiety or performanceanx.threadless.com. Now let's get started with Trina Lisa Vering of Tone of Voice Orchestra on Performance Anxiety, part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Okay. So
0: I am Trina Lisa Vering. I am one of two band leaders for Tone of Voice Orchestra, and we are a 10-piece outfit from Copenhagen, Denmark. Our self-titled album, Tone of Voice Orchestra, just came out in the middle of March, and um, this is 2022, I should mention. And um, we write music that is somehow genre-fluid because we are inspired by a lot of stuff, from Americana to uh, world music from different regions of the world um, from Scandinavian roots and we just blend it all together uh, in our songs that also have kind of a, an, an, an unorthodox collection of instruments we have hurdy-gurdy, backpipe, violin, four singers, two drummers Double bass and saxophone. So, I don't think you've ever heard anything like it. Actually, I'm quite sure you haven't. <laughs> yeah, and um, I'm so happy to be here on Performing Anxiety Podcast and be able to tell you about
1: all the stuff that is really important to me. Good morning or afternoon. <laughs> I cannot.
0: So hang on. Let me. Maybe now.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: Hi. How are you?
0: Hi. I'm fine, thanks. How are
1: you? Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you so much for doing this. This is great. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. (laughs) And literally my pleasure because I've listened to the album a lot and it's just, it's so great. Thank you. Oh my gosh. There's so many things, so many styles and Got a lot of questions, so I'm so happy. What I like to do to find out to, to understand a little bit more about what where you're at now professionally, I like to, to you kind of discover where you came from, how you started in this whole business. So what I, I usually like to start off with finding about finding out about how you really kind of discovered music. Was there a lot of music growing up? Were you, was you, did you have any musicians, musical family members? how did you get interested in music in the first place?
0: Um, My family was not a music family and I had actually never been to a concert before I got to high school. So when I think of my own children who has been to like zillions of concerts with us, I mean, (laughs) sitting under the piano or whatever, that's like a totally different uh, thing. But I came to music via playing the guitar because I used to horseback ride a lot when I was little and a teenager. And as I think maybe, I don't know, 12 or something, some of the other girls horseback riding, they took guitar lessons. And so I went with them and I promised my mother that I would learn how to read music because that was the only thing she could imagine was how to learn music. You have to learn to read music. And I mean, I do read music, but definitely not on the guitar. but. That was kind of my way into it. And the guitar teachers, she was really into letting not every student sitting for themselves playing the guitar, but she made up small ensembles. So she made ensembles with two men and two women, girls and, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so we had the right amount of voices that would be soprano, alto, tenor, and baritone. And so we could sing four-part harmonies and play our little guitars. (laughs) (laughs) So I kind of, of, yeah, came into that through. And one of these men that she made this little group out of was like 20 years older than I was. And he just had the the perfect voice for that combination. And uh, he was very into music and had a lot of uh, vinyls and had listened to a lot of American folk music and from the sixties because he was older, you know? Right. And right. so actually he's dead now and I inherited a lot of his vinyls. Oh so, wow. Um, yeah, he kind of introduced me to Americana, you know, as a whole. And whenever somebody was here, you know, he also took us to concerts and, you know, when I got, got to high school, there was a lot of concerts on the high school and I were doing, you know, high school bands, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't for my family. I mean, it's not that they were music, you know, that didn't like it, but it's like I can remember three albums from my home probably that I know my mother and father listened to. So it's, it was not a big thing.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. I, that always fascinates me when it, it goes the complete opposite. The family's not musical at all, and then one of the children, is that becomes their career. It, it's just such yeah. an interesting shift i think
0: a lot of artists have kids that are become artists just because of you know it makes sense i guess from from growing up we didn't know a single person who was uh like a freelancer in any type i mean not a graphic designer or so just the thing of not having a job and earning money or your own company that could be it my father had his own little company but Mm -hmm. that was just unheard of and i didn't i couldn't imagine that you could Make a living out of it, I will say though that that is still a mystery to me how we were actually <laughs> up this far <laughs> but uh yeah, and i took i went six years to architect school actually when I was you know like in my twenties because wow. i I couldn't imagine that this could you know for real be a career, but it yeah. just kept it kept uh resurfacing and i when I was still in, in architect school, I, I um, took leave for a year and I went to new school in New York and studied there for a year.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But then back to architect school, because I needed this education, I thought, you know, I never used it for anything. So
1: oh no. well,
0: <laughs> music just keeps um, resurfacing in my life. And it's just such a passion for me. Um, and it's grown, I would say more and more intense with the years that I've now I'm just Super obsessed with music, actually, with listening to new music, which you can also hear in in Tone of Voice Orchestra, that yeah, from all the influences, that's because I'm, and we are actually, this. we're two band leaders, and we're just obsessed with music, you
1: know. That is fantastic. I love that. I love it. (laughs) We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And a special offer to performance anxiety listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com/performanceanxiety. That's better h e l p.com/performanceanxiety. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. When did you really start thinking about music as a profession then?
0: Um I was hoping all the time i guess you know because after high school i started taking some singing lessons but but like i said there was nobody in my kind of there was somebody who had one friend that i played with in a high school band his father was a professional musician that was like the first person that i saw and i thought oh they're making actually they're living by from this but uh, then I met my husband really young and we married when I was 21 and he was a professional musician.
2: Oh, wow. So that
0: kind of, and he's also the one that we have tone and of voice officer together.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So kind of looking at him, he's always played music and his family has been more into to music. And uh, so looking at him, I was kind of still thinking I needed an education, but I was, you know, just tuning myself into what it takes to... To actually, I mean, I was doing profe- I made two albums while I was still in architect school. So it's not that I was not sort of working in a professional <laughs> atmosphere, but I was just thinking that it couldn't happen as, a, as the only thing I did.
1: But, oh, um, so, were those your first two albums, the, the, the first two jazz albums that you had released? Yeah, the,
0: yeah they, the, those came out while I was still in, in, in architect school. And every time I took leave for four months to do them, so, you know, it dragged out because music was all the time slowing me back, slowing me down in the education. But oh yeah, and I, I was always coming in late because I'd been out playing gigs at night. <laughs> so <laughs>
1: really terrible. Hey, so well. that's amazing. So you, you, you released two albums. So when I closed my eyes and in so many words.
0: Actually, in so many words was after, but there was okay. a, another album. Uh, called, which was under band name, people, places, times, and faces, oh, and actually yeah. one more, one in Spanish that we did while it was also in. Well, that was on the way out. Uh, two, two albums, I think.
1: Okay, yeah. so, was that uh, Dos Mundos?
0: dos mundos came out we did that as we were the time just the day the more or less <laughs> architect school finished we did dos mundos yeah. wow uh, you you've been digging deep if i you did
1: realize <laughs> <laughs> i try i try yeah
0: you've really been digging because that's kind of <laughs> kind of nowhere to be found
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing to me that, because in my mind, if I'm making an album, but that's it, I'm a, I'm a professional musician now. Screw architecture school, I'm, I'm done. So, yeah, have you been
0: a professional all your life?
1: Uh, I, well, I was a photographer for years, so there you go, <laughs> yeah. Then I had kids and I had to get a real job okay so so now i just do photos on my own i actually like to do live music photography that's Mm -hmm. that's my favorite that's my my passion so i kind of went the opposite way where i now do my passion as a hobby and maybe i'll be able to get back into it once uh, the kids are all in college which one (laughs) of them is so hey maybe maybe before you know it but (laughs) <laughs> so, but the thing
0: is that we, we don't pay for college here. So you also have, I yeah. think, once you invest in kids, you know, just having them, I guess you have this big economic looming thing in the future that you have to provide for that, which yes. you don't. Well, I so would, that is maybe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I went to college for photography, so it, it worked out for a decade or so. Were you playing a lot live when you were in architecture school and and recording albums and all? Were you, were you gigging a lot? Yeah.
0: yeah, not a lot, a lot because you know this. Th- we're in the really insignificant corner of the world. To be to be honest, it's it's not so. You can't. The tours are really short yeah. because the country is so small. So you can say yes, I was gigging, but compared to going on a tour in America. It's really short, and you can, you know, get back in your own bed most after most gigs, because it's so small. <laughs> Some um, maybe, I mean, that's a really. I
1: know a um, lot of musicians I started, would love that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> we would just love to play longer tours, but we, we have toured in more countries in Europe. And I've even been as far as Australia on a tour once wow. there. Of course, I couldn't go back in my own bed, but. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's really a dream for us to come to America or, you know, possibly canada is more obvious because of the visa thing the visa thing is so crazy i keep that hearing just that. imagining how to get in there with a band is like
1: so yeah. expensive it's ridiculous yeah. were you writing your own music at this point in school yeah
0: i've always been writing my own music Wow. i actually remember as i think This was before I played the guitar when I was nine or seven or something really small. And I was listening to, you know, like the pop radio and there was, I was looking for instrumental tunes Okay. and there was a one shadow tune that came out and I had my mother write me a lyric about horses because I was crazy about horses in English to this (laughs) shadow tune. And then I, I would, I recorded it from the radio and put it out and turned it on. And then on another recorder, I would record my own voice with The Shadows coming out of the first radio. Oh, (laughs) wow. So already there, I was kind of wanting to be a singer, you know, with my own songs and stuff. And then from the time I had my guitar, I started writing songs. So
1: I've been writing songs always. Was jazz always a draw for you? Because the first album, the first three albums you did were definitely deeply rooted in jazz.
0: Yeah, it wasn't always, but this was, I went to high school in the um, 80s and if you remember the pop scene then it was really you know testosterone filled and yeah I mean had I been ten years older so that I would have been going on in the sick in the in the seventies I would have been a singer songwriter because I love Janice Ian and yeah. all the singer songwriters Rickley Jones but then came all that you know big stadiums a lot of reverb on the snare drums and yeah whoa, all this energy that and big hair. I just yeah big hair (laughs) and i just realized from some connections that i met that in the jazz arena there were a lot of really nerdy guys who were not that occupied with this really loud and and the bombast kind of vibe it was more like invested in the music and so Mm -hmm. i thought oh that's kind of the vibe that i want to so i was a singer songwriter working with a jazz musician but i didn't really sing like a a jazz artist, as you could probably hear, even on the first album.
2: My heart is full, but shakable, It's hard, and yet it's breakable. It's young, it's so.
0: It's yet- So it was like a jazz-inflicted (laughs) singer-songwriter-ish thing. It's a hybrid. And when I I came to... This also came out of the year we had in new school because before I went to new school, the jazz and contemporary department there, I thought I was really trying to be a jazz singer. I, I studied all the jazz standouts, et cetera. But then when I came over, I just realized that that will never be my history. I mean, these great black like singers from the forties and fifties and yeah. it's just a whole nother thing. So I would have to look for something that was where I could add something to a tradition rather than just, you know, try to copy it. So that's why I kind of, yeah.
1: So is that why you had the big shift in style with the uh, trespassing album?
0: Um, no, as, actually this, this, uh, uh recognition came before I made my first album, which is why I sing more, you know, more straight and more singer songwriter-ish than really trying to be a jazz singer. I was still having the jazz people around me, but then once we get to the trespassing, and again, you've been doing your homework really well, (laughs) I was sort of transferring into some sort of indie rock poppy thing because I got, you know, the jazz also has so many agendas that doesn't have to do with telling a story, singing a song. And so for every song that you make, you have to make room for improvisation and you have mm. to think about all the chords, good vehicles for the soloists. And, and I love the albums I did and I love the musicians I played with because they were really, really good and they helped me out becoming a better musician. Yeah. But I also felt at some time that my songwriting was more important than everybody else having a solo on my material.
1: <laughs> that makes sense. I can't get so that. it was
0: sort of strength, you know, slightly moving on that way, you know, down that road.
1: The jazz stuff is beautiful. I mean, I, I love the sacred and the forlorn. That is, I yeah. absolutely love that song. and then trespassing comes out and it's definitely a lot more rock oriented, guitar oriented yeah and the songs are a little bit you know shorter because the jazzy songs were uh, longer i guess maybe because everybody was wanted a solo also but- because the
0: time just you know the time was there you could make tunes of seven minutes. There wasn't any streaming going on. And yeah. it was not, you don't, didn't think of airplay as much it was, it was like more songs had sweet forms because well, that was people had the time for it, I guess. but
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> Now, when I listen to it, point. I actually the one, the other one you mentioned, Dos Mundos. When I listen to that, I'm thinking, why is there a bass intro so long? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just can't imagine it. Why? <laughs> I mean, well, at the time, it seemed perfectly normal.
1: It's what you feel at the time, you know. If if it fit at the time, it, it's mm. each album is just a snapshot of where you were at that point. Yeah. So sure but I've listened to Trespassing and I I absolutely love Just Another Little Girl that Mm was oh man that's a great song
0: no way the girl is the woman I watch us
2: synchronize. Yeah, I Just another little girl with pretty dress and a
0: turn to mind. If that's all you see. That was actually inspired by Alani's Morset at the time. Oh, really? In the 90s? Yeah. Awesome. So I was thinking of her when I sing it. And also, the some, something about the melody that comes out of that she was kind of an eye-opener for me because she was angry yeah and which was probably also why i wanted to do something other than you know piano trio is really elegant i wanted to do something that had a little bit more anger in it because i was a little bit pissed yeah (laughs)
1: well that comes (laughs) across for sure yeah
0: (laughs) so that was that change that um came about at that time
1: were you touring a lot with at that point, because I mean, I almost want to say with because it was a whole new set of musicians you were working with, but it was still everything was under your name.
0: Yeah, I was touring the most when I did the like the second of my, the one called um, "In So Many Words." That album mm-hmm. was we toured a lot all over Europe. So when I changed style, I kind of lost a bit of my audience, and like it was a little bit that was a transition. We we still played jazz clubs, but they thought we were very loud, <laughs> <laughs> and then. As you see the year, I mean, the album, there was a break there after that album where I really had to decide what to do. And yeah. then I left everything with, took the word jazz out of all my press releases and, Uh-oh. you know, started playing the electric guitar myself and just switched also language and started writing in my native tongue Danish.
2: So yeah.
0: that they kind of, I hit a wall, I guess, with, with the trespassing. I mean, I had really good reviews and, People welcoming me on this other arena, but the audience was just, "Oh, she's the jazz singer. We're not coming." You know, uh, so it was
1: difficult. You already really set expect- myself. Yeah, you ex- yeah. you set an expectation, and and people weren't prepared for it. I guess.
0: No, so uh, even you know, like radio. This is the time when radio became more of a thing, and mm. you know, so it's like oh, we know what you're about. Why don't you call the jazz channel and I'm like the jazz channel? Don't think this is jazz. You know, yeah. it's like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> It's
0: still actually an issue for me. And, really? Yeah, it is because uh, yeah, because I still do projects with um, jazz musicians and stuff. So there's still a lot of people who think I am the jazz singer
1: because wow. my two first albums were so big. Man, oh, you know, I hate that you get pigeonholed like that because
0: yes, people missing funny. out
1: on yeah, people get missing out on some great music. And yeah. God, I don't want to murder the Danish language here, so I'm not. I'm trying. I want to talk a little, ask you some questions, but I know I'm going to butcher these. Titles, so I'm gonna do my best. So please forgive me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I have a couple that are. I think the titles I may have translated into English, but is it Lutfisker? Lustfisker. luftfisker Okay, that's yeah. close. I love that album. Oh,
0: I can't wow, so understand glad. a
1: word you're saying, it, yeah. but there's the song uh, Miss Lude. Miss Lude. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That song has been stuck in my head. And it's almost frustrating because I can't sing it to, to go along with mm. what's in my head. I can hear it in my head and I'm like, I, I, but so it's just stuck in my head and it's not going anywhere. Mystery. that uh, that whole album just kicks ass it's mm. pretty it, it's a lot heavier than i was expecting yeah. i don't know what i was expecting to be honest with you when i see the entire album in in danish i'm like all right I, I, almost, I don't know if i was falling into the trap of expecting it to be more jazzy but it yeah i love it it's amazing how a, a song you can't understand in a completely different language can get stuck in your head
0: i'm glad you say that because uh yeah I, I, I think I, at the time, I really felt I had to be very clear that this was not jazz. So that's why I sort of, you know, I've every jazz thing out of it. You know, there could be even some songs that I've written that had a little bit more jazz because so I was like, no, that can't go. Wow. And also just writing more on guitar gives you a different, I guess a different sound and different chords because it's more e- easy on a piano to kind of move your fingers about and just stuff chords in there where guitar, you can stand a while with the same chord and going blah, blah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you write different songs and also just a change of language because I hadn't written in Danish since I was, you know, like really, really young. And when I was really, really young, I only listened to pop music. So probably also just switching language also tapped into... so. M- made the transition in just tapping into another area of music for me.
1: So was it in your own head, you were thinking this is going to be more poppy because I'm, I'm writing in my native language.
0: Well, just because I think the music I heard in my native tongue was more poppy. Right. So it wasn't like, I'm thinking I have to make, I I just came with a territory more or less of speaking my own tongue. There isn't any jazz in Danish more or less in this area either. So I guess the jazz just made made a lot of sense to write in English and I actually still love to write in English as you can see on, on, on Tone of Voice Orchestra yeah. and I had another band called Office Girls where I also wrote in English so it's not that I, I like both it's just different yeah
1: we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors hey guys I want to talk to you about Socks for a second why not it's a music podcast but I tried a pair of socks from Boldfoot and loved them. I've only worn them once because my kids have stolen them. So in my household, that's the best endorsement I can give. And I guess it's fitting because the design I chose was Jailbird. The design I chose was Jailbird. I might keep that in. The socks are 100% American made and 5% of all proceeds go to veteran charities. It makes sense seeing that Boldfoot is a family and veteran owned company. They have a huge variety of styles. So check out boldfoot.com and buy some of the best socks you've ever slapped on your feet and help veterans while you're at it. That's boldfoot.com. And so the the album after that, I'm I'm not even going to try to pronounce this one. I think it translates to rude. Uh, No, it's actually
0: an augmentative. but It doesn't mean anything in itself, but it's something you put in front of anything. If you say humanely good, then it means really good. It's just Uh like real. It's like kind of something that whatever comes after it becomes more
1: you so know it's more of an adjective
0: yeah it's it, like an it, yeah, it's augment. Aug- yeah. Okay. yeah yeah augmentative it's kind of like like really if I say really good okay know, it's oh.
1: like, yeah okay okay is that the first album that features your husband that, that you've recorded or is was he in the background and in, in the other stuff too um,
0: but there was no horns on Lustriska, and the, but in the jazz albums, there were when there are horns, and if there's a saxophone, it's him, but uh, okay. they are not saxophone on all the just on some songs, and uh, I think also just on two songs actually on Omani Okay, but but the, the you know, when I was really young, the very first album I did was with him, and then the Dos Mundos you mentioned was with him, so we've done like every 10 years. we've done an album (laughs) (laughs) and then when the kids were small it was just too difficult to tour together so there was like 15 years where we didn't do anything or 10 years and then we started doing things more regularly again because we could travel and
1: okay and let's see so you released albums on a pretty consistent basis from 95 through 2011 but then there was a like a a seven-year gap until your next LP came out were you focused on the O Purity project for that whole time? Or was that, was there um, a, anything else going on? Because I like that, that O Purity. Yeah, I think
0: we, yeah, that's a Bar- Bar- Baroque ensemble I was working with. And we, modern music, but with Baroque instruments. Yes, I so love that kind uh,
2: of thing. Yeah. Still, we agreed on the suspension.
0: I was an innocent bystander drawn to the magic of your epicenter. I was an innocent bystander drawn to the magic of your epicenter. I think we were doing off-piece gurus at that time also. Okay.
2: That's
0: 2010 and 2000. 16 I think so that was Frederick's and that was our together project the first coming out of you know coming out of uh, the, the time when the kids were small when we couldn't tour together so right. we did all three after that so I more or less like every I, actually i don't quite i haven't actually looked at my albums and seen the years so i can't remember but uh, it let's feels see. like i've been pretty consistently working on something let's see <laughs> you know?
1: okay so we got releases in 96 97 2000 2003 08, 2011 and then uh i can't even i'm not gonna pronounce this one <laughs> in 2018 <laughs> uh thank you Yes. Yeah, yeah, one. yeah. <laughs> Actually,
0: that band, I, I still have that band, and we've toured a lot with that one, and we're doing another one. Actually, in June, we'll start recording another one. And oh, In wonderful. that band, that is like my own band, but Frederick is playing the, the... There's a horn section, and he's in there, but it's it's my decisions, everything.
1: <laughs> okay. Oh, that's awesome. You get to tell yeah, them what to yeah. do.
0: Yeah, yeah. I really love that. So, <laughs> uh, really, it's like, it's like when, when we work together, like we do in... In Tone of Voice Orchestra, we, we write together and we have to kind of compromise, but in a good way. But yeah. we have to make compromises. But in our own bands, we just, you know, that's my band and he's just a side man.
1: Okay. So, is, I wanted to just ask you a little bit about the O'Purity project. What was that whole project about? Because there there was a film that went along with that, I believe.
0: Yeah. It, it's more like a film, actually, because okay. it's only a, it's only out digitally as an EP. Okay. But The, the film is on, on YouTube anybody want to watch it with english subtitles and the lyrics on english and that was a collaboration with a norwegian baroque ensemble and a swedish pianist that i knew we we wrote the songs together him and i and arranged them and then yeah it started out as a like a project just like tone of voice orchestra started out as a project that Mm -hmm. kind of you want to do more of this and then i found a, a young girl who did uh who just came out of film school and she did the the, sort of the concert movie that we did for it. Okay. Which we sold to some TV stations and the national TV here paid, you know, helped us realize it, but um we just decided in the end that since we were never going to play a lot of geeks because there's this big orchestra and people from I think seven countries it was like <sighs> crazy. Wow. So we just thought we meet up and do this and then this thing is in the world as a, a documentary and people can hear these wonderful instruments playing modern music instead of only playing baroque music okay so, yeah
1: i was fascinated by that i thought it was the music was beautiful i loved it i mean thank you innocent bystander was great but mm-hmm. i think it wasn't you it broke my heart that song was just oh my gosh the lyrics the music everything it just i just sat there listening to it and it just absolutely broke my heart
0: It wasn't you, I was infatuated by it wasn't you. On the pillar next to mine, it wasn't your shoulder that I rested on, no you. You
2: were not the one. Mm. So well done. Thank you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: yeah.
1: So, Tone of Voice Orchestra is a large band. I mean, there's 10 people in it. Yeah. How did that whole yeah. idea get started? Was that just something that you and, and Frederick wanted to to put together, or was there something else behind it?
0: Frederick was the artist in residence at a little club here. And that meant that every Monday that month, he could present something like 20, 25 minutes of something new that he just wants to try out. Okay. And he he had just met up with, just by accident, I think met some two young musicians from the folk scene here that we don't interact with a lot. There's like we don't know them, they mm-hmm. don't know us, and I don't think there's any connection between the. I mean, he's a, re, a jazz musician still, and with the jazz and folkistors, but he we just realized that they were they have the same mm, sort of type of musicianship that jazz musicians have and they're really good at their instrument and okay. they're kind of nerdy. Yeah. It's a non, it's a, not a, a commercial kind of music and yeah. uh, they have a standard repertoire that, you know, some po- really a big standard repertoire that they have to know and they can improvise. Okay. Uh, and so, Frederick used them for some theater music that he wrote and just thought it would be fun to do something with them. And then, that was one thing that kind of went into it. And the other one was that, that he had heard an album with a Canadian band called Bruce Peninsula. I don't know if you know that one.
1: I've heard of it, but I haven't listened.
0: One of their albums is like this man singing, and then there's a choir of women answering all the time. Not all the time, but that's kind of... And they were two drummers. Okay. And so Frederick has also had another band of his own with two drummers. So he's always liked that broad beat that comes out of that. And so now we're two drummers and the folk musicians and he wanted <laughs> ladies answering him. But I think what his picture was, of I mean, his imagination was he would be playing the saxophone and there'd be four girls answering. <laughs> 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 That's not how it happens. It happened after that, but that was his picture of it. <laughs> and so we went out and handpicked some singers that we felt were, we didn't want like jazz singers because they have too much of a, personalized sound it has to be a little bit more like eastern european straight or or no you know or scandinavian in the sound oh, so we found some girls that have worked also in in their world music with a different kind of sound and so made this one project where we wrote six songs together and just that was kind of a, I think I said to somebody that it was like a gateway drug for more.
2: <laughs>
0: we really had to, um, we had to do it again. And so it just took a long time to find out. Then we did a little, uh, we did a live stream concert after like a workshop, uh, a year after that was the first time all 10 could meet. Oh, wow. And since then some people couldn't do it. And some other people came in and it's just been, you know, like, a a long process. And then COVID kind of, we were just getting started and had played like five concerts or something. And then COVID came oh. and we thought, okay, so we just have to focus on getting an album made. And even that was difficult during these, this lockdown and stuff, because we're yeah. more people than we could actually.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask you about that. How, you know, first, so you and Frederick are writing all the music and the lyrics. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How are you getting this all done with 10 people? Because I, I, I'm not exactly sure how it was in Denmark, but I know here we couldn't, it, yeah, at, a t- at certain times during this whole thing, we, you couldn't yeah, have more than like six couldn't. people in, a, in no, a, same an area. Here. So.
0: But the thing is, uh, that was in public areas. Mm-hmm. Nobody could actually prohibit you to be more in your private home people were not i mean there were there were times when you were totally isolated and you couldn't go out yeah but there was still a, this was a little we we had to kind of move the time when we were recording twice we moved it and we split it up in two but at the time you could not be 10 people together if you were standing in the street but if you're and then we checked out that the studio was actually a private uh, owned property so uh. they couldn't I actually tells not to be there. And then we took tests every morning. We went by and took a test before we came. Okay. And uh, if people were too much in contact with their kids or wives, they would sleep in separate rooms while we were doing it because, you know, yeah. their wives and kids didn't want to, yeah, risk. Just for us. safety, yeah. Yeah, so it was kind of a, a, every day the phone rang on the way to the studio. We were like, <laughs> oh, now somebody's sick. You know? <laughs> and you had to wait. I think half an hour to get your results and everybody was standing outside the door waiting to go in oh. to know if uh, they have and there was you know also a technician and a producer so we were a lot more than
1: yeah, than yeah. 10
0: people and oh. the video people came in one day and oh my god, it, it was just a big mess but we, we actually got it done I don't think if the police had actually showed up maybe they would have I don't know yeah we got it done <laughs> <laughs> don't
2: tell
0: anyone
1: no. oh no nobody, nobody's gonna listen to this so don't worry about it one of the things that I like is that the, the, the songs are so varied in styles. But you're, you're talking about things that always kind of catch me off guard. I don't want to say talking about them, but you mentioned things that always kind of catch me off guard when I hear them in, in music. Especially music that is a little, I d I'm not not pop music per se. You know, if it was like a, a boy band singing about the internet, texting, and Netflix... I'd expect it, but more sophisticated music. I'm not, I was just, my brain wasn't prepared to hear something about a song about texting and Netflix and, and it was just kind of funny. Some of those things just kind of caught me. Yeah. That's pretty I interesting.
0: Partic- particularly, uh, I like that rhyme a lot because sometimes you think, oh, I am the first one to use this word in a song. I don't know whether I am. Yeah. Probably somebody else might have said Netflix. <laughs> they have, it's sex rhymes with Netflix yeah. in that particular. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: I'm like, and, but I had the feeling I was kind of, I've never heard a song with Netflix in it.
1: I don't so think I, I, I have either. Was,
0: like, so maybe I am the first. I'm kind of collecting these first <laughs> words. I've always done that. Also, when I write in Danish, I'm thinking, I am the first one to use this one.
2: <laughs> that's awesome.
0: Yeah, I think it's cool. The, the, it, it's not me singing that song. That's one of the other singers who has the lead in that one. And she actually said to me, I'm not going to say that. I can't say this was sex and Netflix. <laughs> I'm saying, I had to really... Ar- like put up a good argument to make her oh wow <laughs> I go with it because she she texted me from the train after the first time we sung it and I really love this song but I can't do that I can't say that and I'm like come on it's such a cool rhyme it is it's
1: okay <laughs> yeah. I mean it stuck in my head
2: now we go
1: mentioned before the the styles are so varied i mean for example the first single heartless it's kind of musically it's it's jazzy but the the vocals have this like middle eastern north african feel to it and it's i love it so much But then, the, then you go to He Loves Her For It, which is probably the sexiest jazzy folk song I've ever heard.
2: He loves her for it, and she lets.
0: hear the jazz when you say jazz is because probably i'm grown up with the jazz thing i can't hear it anymore when people say it's in there i'm like what <laughs> <laughs> for the, for the, yeah
1: and my but lack of no, no listen well my lack know. of knowledge of jazz and my my knowledge of jazz is very basic and so that's that's probably where it's coming from is I, somebody
0: thinks that a lot of people actually thinks it's jazz because they hear the tenor saxophone because they relate that instrument so much to jazz
1: that might be it so as,
0: As soon as there is a jazz tenor solo, then they think, ah, it's jazz. Because the course sequences and the grooves are not at all in the jazz kind of. But because of the tenor, I think, and the improvising bit, then that comes. I think that's why. See,
1: that's probably it. I need to get a little more educated in jazz for sure.
0: No, no. I mean, don't (laughs) do that. (laughs) It's cool. It's just that, uh, you know, for me, it's like there is a... A backpipe that takes out all my, you know, I'm, that's why I can't, I think of it as world music, that, that one. That, those two songs I think are more like world, or maybe a world fusion sort of. Okay. But I mean, who cares?
1: <laughs> it's really not important. They're great songs, whatever they are.
0: It's just that we have decided for ourselves that writing these songs, we, would, we could take anything that we fa- found was, you know, inspiring. And then since, you know, when we write music, each on our own. Frederick writes jazz yes, music, and I am like a more singer-songwriters with some sort of Americana mm-hmm. elements in it. Then we're more into our genre, but when we, write, when we have to find somewhere to meet, it has to be somewhere in between genres. So everything yeah. that we've done together has been this sort of somewhere in between stuff because that's
1: where we can meet. It's fascinating to me. Uh, barking up the wrong tree. It's like if, if an R&B song was written in the Middle Ages. I love it
0: Oh, that's a, such a good uh, That's a really cool description <laughs> yeah. You're barking up the wrong tree Your eyes say what's it gonna be But love's not in the cards for me And you're gonna wanna give up eventually You've walk walking to impress me Smooth talking since you met me
2: see you
0: on the road i tell you what and the thing is that song frederick uh, who, who he generally does that like we, we write these songs from the bottom up so he's made sort of a groove and a, sort of a vibe with the hurdy-gurdy thing that's oh. probably why you get this uh, middle Ages feeling of the hurdy-gurdy yes and when I got to it I was so focused on the groove that I thought oh it's kind of an urban feel (laughs) (laughs) I did did that R&B hook line and then Frederick came back and did some something with the violin and the soprano and that is in his mind he was in Latin America writing on the you know the Argentinian feeling yeah and when so when you hear that instrumental part, you can hear oh that's a part of it but I, was, I stayed in that R&B mode. So when I came back and did the verses, I was kind of, because of the hurdy-gurdy, which is a drone instrument, you can't move chords very much. It was kind of a really steady thing. And yeah. I had had the R&B uh, hook line there. I was like thinking for myself that I would be rapping. You know, like, so I was chain rhyming. Yeah. And when I place it to my kids, they say, you're not rapping, mom. <laughs> like that. But in my mind, <laughs> I am rapping. with a little <laughs> melody on top, but... So we just kind of, because we don't, for this particular song, in a way, we didn't kind of explicitly say to each other we're doing this or that. Just like one did a part and one did a part and one did a part, so it kind of just became had these two flavors in it. It's
1: yeah, it worked great. I, I've I don't know, I've just I can't stop listening to this stuff. It's awesome, and the harmonies in that kind of day, oh, that's they're so beautiful. I, listen to that, mm-hmm. I actually listened to that several times in a row just because I, I just love the vocals and it. it's just absolutely mm-hmm. beautiful. So you've played this these songs live yeah is there a song that's kind of difficult to play or one that you just kind of avoid because it's a little no. hard to pull off live
0: well we can play all of them oh, and we actually awesome. have a, a like five six six songs more than this oh wow so because uh, this is only like one album so we have a we're going to do a deluxe album in the fall i think sometime with uh, the long or the extended versions of four of them and then oh. we have an extra song maybe two
1: Oh, that oh. is awesome! Yeah. Oh, I can't wait for that. <laughs> so, good. so this is kind of grown from a, a one-off, maybe like a kind of a one-off project into uh, yeah. more of an actual band than the, the yeah, yeah, long-term sure. thing. That's awesome! Oh, I, do you guys plan to tour a lot over the spring and summer? Because be, this, a lot of this song, music sounds like it's perfect for spring and summer, like "Lovey Dovey."
0: Yeah, <laughs> "Lovey Dovey" it, I mean, it's a summer song.
1: Yeah. <sighs>
0: That's a little video for that one that we took in July last year. And that's just where we also took the cover of the album. So it's like the cover come live. Yeah. <laughs> and that really is a summer and spring. And uh, But uh, I don't know, actually, because the album was out in... Yeah, just just came out. And that was a little late for booking summer festivals. And before ah. the album came out with all the good reviews, it was a little bit difficult to persuade anybody that a 10-piece band was something they actually needed with <laughs> backpiper and her degree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can so we're see not a, So we just toured a little bit. We just did like seven gigs and we're going to do, I think, three or four over summer. And then we're going to tour again in the fall. And then hopefully a lot in 2023, because now we have all the, the good things written about us. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. All and all the also there's a little bit of a difficult time here now because these summer festivals this year, last year were canceled. Yeah. So all the people that canceled last year so That's coming up, as, yeah, it, it's a little bit crowded.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. This
0: year is special, yeah, because, yeah.
1: Yeah, even, even here in the States, I mean, there's a lot of people who are redeeming tickets they bought two years ago for shows yeah, that never yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. So yeah,
0: everybody is going on tour now. I can see that on, on Instagram, that every American artist I know now seems to be going on tour.
1: Oh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And, and I live just outside of Washington, D.C., so there's mm-hmm. a lot of places – there's shows going all the time. It's insane. Mm. It's it's great cuz yeah, it missed it, but does people go out and watch the shows now
0: or are still people staying at home afraid to get sick or?
1: The shows that I've been to uh they've been pretty full. So mm-hmm. it, there's there's been a great response. Um even yeah, even the the smaller clubs that I kind of expected there to be, you know, a dozen people at were pretty full, you know. Maybe a hundred people, instead of oh. the you know, ten to twenty that I've kind of <laughs> figuring would would show up. So, so I think everybody around here is is re- they're really for hungry for exactly, exactly. Yeah. And <sighs> so, with a lot of the restrictions lifted, no masks anymore, and and, and stuff, a lot of places they don't they're stopping this, this whole proof of vaccination, and also people just going. So. Oh. that's nice yeah it's the world has to restart it does yeah we have to have some kind of normalcy again otherwise things are just gonna get real bad but
0: But actually i've been thinking about the lockdown and i think a lot of good stuff came out of it too you know not financially of course but just the thing that you know every everything stopped and you kind of had to think about what you really wanted to do and there was a lot of choir times for writing music and yeah. no stress about reading that everybody else was on tour while you were just at home But <laughs> because everybody else was at home too so yeah. you could just sit back and write your songs and and also the thing that we, you and i are doing this now that couldn't have happened before COVID because we didn't do zoom and we did i mean yeah. we could but we didn't do it and, and just uh, it seemed like everybody who was so far away came closer it
1: that's very true and i started this hope this podcast about two and a half, three years ago. And this is how I do all of the episodes, but you had to kind of convince people to do it this way. Yeah. And now this is the way people do a lot of things. I mean, the company I work for, I, I was considered an essential worker. So I, through the whole pandemic, I drove 45 minutes to work every day.
2: Oh, did that. Yeah. So,
1: Cause I can't do my job from home. It's just, it's impossible. But I'd say 75% of, of the company I work for just, worked from home. They set everybody up yeah. with microphones and they had their laptops and they could just do everything from home. And I think that got a lot of people more comfortable with doing these kind of interviews because they had to, to get work done. They, you know, Everything mm-hmm. had to be done through some kind of conference call. So, help my and podcast still out. Actually,
0: still actually people... I mean, they've learned that, I mean, the employ employers have learned that the employees work as much from home. So I just talked to the woman from my bank yesterday and she said that she worked from home two days a week now, just because,
1: yeah. My wife, she works for a a bank here and she works, she still works five days a week from the house. Yeah. So
0: we we learned something. It's always good to have a little things shaken and stirred a little bit. Oh yeah. You
1: know, Yeah, but now we have a a, a huge building that's like half empty. So I don't (laughs) don't know. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, That's above my pay grade. I don't have to worry about that, though.
0: But some some good things came out of it. And I have this really sweet story about a a singer-songwriter from a person in Australia, Carla Geneva. Geneva, I don't know how she pronounces her name. But she actually came out with an album uh, yesterday, I think. But anyway, at that time, I found a song of hers on YouTube. And I showed it to my daughter, and she said, "I want to play that guitar song." And um, we thought she was really, you know, was an electric guitar, and she was really cool. And we googled, and so if there was a how-to video anywhere, there wasn't. So my daughter just wrote to her on Instagram, "Hey, Carla, I love your song. Uh, is there a how-to video somewhere?" And this girl, she just said, "Oh no, but hang on, Mercedes, there's something with my daughter." And then she sat down on her phone from Perth, Australia. And made a how-to video for my daughter and said, "Hi, Mercedes. This is how I do." Wow! And that was that was the beginning of COVID for me, and that kind of put everything in a, in a different light for me. This one person at the other e- end of the world who just took the time to make a video for my daughter, uh, who was, you know, ah, oh, that's that was so sweet. You that know? is
1: amazing. Oh, I love when I-, I love an artist, and artist who will do something like that. That's just. Yeah.
0: Probably if it was now, she would be too busy or just like Denmark would seem far away. But now, I mean, it would, had my daughter been in, in like two houses down the road or in Denmark on the other side of the planet, it doesn't matter.
1: doesn't matter. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. that's a beautiful story. That kind of restores some faith in, in people. Yeah, that's, it does. Yeah. The, the last thing I want to mention is the song Typecast. I like that. That song is so smartly written. Time. And even lyrically, it's kind of a bit of a angry song, but it's still kind of bright and sunny with the, yeah, that goes it's along it's with the rest really of the album.
0: It's not actually angry. It's just like, it's a little, I'm thinking it's like the air hostess. You know, she's, been, she's really kind, but if you mess with her, she's probably just going to spill your drink in your lap. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's the kind of way I'm thinking when <laughs> we sing it. Right. Okay. That's, that's a better way to describe it. Yeah. <laughs> but it goes along with the rest of the album that, that's an upbeat, sunny spring summer type of album it's it's great
0: is the lyric of that song is um i would say is a sort of a feminist statement you know about all the different arenas that women are supposed to to navigate comfortably and if you don't you know if you're not a good i mean that we there's some kind of roles that we're just supposed to come natural but doesn't always yeah and um it comes with the territory of writing lyrics to four adult women in the same band. And it has to be in every, in, in, in all our mouths, you know, that it has to be lyrics that deal with, or most often do I write lyrics that deal with the, like the feminine perspective of how the world looks because Mm -hmm. it it comes from, it's, there's an empowering feeling of being four women singing together. I've always been singing alone, you know, in all my own projects and I've been, you know, like looking you know into myself and Mm -hmm. been like state of mind songs but that makes no sense if you are you know for women singing together
1: okay so yeah i've really really enjoyed this the chat the album everything and i've kept you for quite a while here i want to thank you for see we've been yeah we've been at it almost an hour already thank you so much (laughs) where can people find the album how can they pick it up or stream it
0: it's on all the regular streaming services under Tone of Voice Orchestra. And then, of course, uh, Bandcamp, if you want to have a vinyl or a CD uh, or just, a, of course, downloads. But uh, yeah. that's awesome. Or awesome. oh, from my website, I can I send it to everywhere in the world. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Is there a social media presence for the band?
0: Yes, we have um, Instagram and um Facebook. We don't have actually Twitter because we don't use that much in this. Uh, I hate this Twitter. This part of the world. So only journalists it. do it, and they do it because they want to follow American journalists. But right. So I'm not really. I don't have a presence there, but sure. Facebook and Instagram, we're there.
1: Excellent, excellent. I don't like Twitter either. If I didn't have to promote the, the podcast with it, I probably wouldn't have it. The uh, social media is is, it all, is uh, the Instagram at Tone of Voice Orchestra or is it a different yes, handle?
0: Yes. Okay. It's a tone of voice. I think there's a like a, if you write tone of voice orchestra in this, you know, where you uh, search for search things, bar, then, yeah. then we'll come up.
1: No. Yeah. It, yeah. I don't think there's a whole lot of you guys there. So.
0: No, no, no. They're, they're <laughs> definitely not. We have we even have our own hashtag, you know, nobody took it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have my own page, of also, because I, I write a lot about music. I, um, I review music for different magazines, platforms, and I point out, like album of the week, every week. So I have a, my own kind of Instagram, also where I do all my talk about music stuff and all the things I am en- oh, cool. enthusiastic about. And, you know, but a tone of voice orchestra is only for a tone of voice orchestra.
1: <laughs> so what's what's your other uh, Instagram handle then?
0: It's, um, wait a minute, I actually have to look it up because I can't remember. <laughs> I'm Trina Lisa Varing, but Varing is, I can't remember what I actually, let me just look it up for you here. I, yeah, my Instagram handle is just Trina Lisa Varing, and Varing is with a 1V. Not not double U, but uh, what is it called? Uh, just the V. V a e r n g.
1: Well, thank you so much. This has been a pleasure. Yes, All thank right. you so much. My pleasure. It's been wonderful, and we'll talk to you soon.
0: Soon, yeah.
1: Bye. <laughs> bye. Bye.